0: to the matt mosley show on espn central texas the presenting sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank your leading independent bank with locations in waco temple and austin also sponsored by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram barnett contracting Coriel health element waco hotel helberg barbecue jim turner chevrolet marineland boating center Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop with building supplies and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt
1: Mosley. I is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, and uh, we are now on the day of the second debut of Foster Pavilion. You can't really have a second debut, that sounds weird but kind of this, I guess you can have like two openings. The Baylor women getting ready to play TCU as we speak. And tonight at around 520, you'll get to uh, hear, as you're trying to make your way over to the pavilion, you'll get to hear from Nikki Collin, all right, her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show. Aaron, it was a, uh, how you doing, Aaron? You good? Yeah, doing great. Aaron Sexton, alongside, as always, you've heard him on the Press Box, you've heard him on with, uh, J-Mo, and now you, of course, hear him on the Matt Mosley Show. And, uh, he really paces himself in those early hours so that sort of all his emotion, all his energy, can be devoted to the Mosley Show. And, uh... I think you'll find that evident, early and often today. But um, we'll hear from Nikki Collin, Aaron. That group, that TCU bunch, worries me more than Cornell because they're good. They're not deep. They're not deep like the Baylor team, but they are. They've got four players that can really score. And I'm not even talking about Jade Owens, who used to be with the Bears. She's been averaging like double-doubles, assists, and points. She's had a couple of 10-and-10s just in the last week. She's playing really well for the Horn Frogs. So that is something to watch as things unfold. Man, big shout-out to the Baylor community. Everybody showed up. I mean, I was back there looking for an entrance through a loading dock. We were all figuring it out. How do we get to our seats? Where do we go? Where do we, You know, how do you do this? But, Aaron, the cool thing about it is I got in there, oh, 45 minutes or so before tip after going there and, of course, picking up my Chick-fil-A. I uh, had a real nice meal for us. Baylor Athletics did. And, boy, I like that. The woman who kind of works that media area, I really enjoyed, you know, getting to know her over the years. She's really a neat person. And so it was just fun to see that, you know, pretty much everybody we knew from the Farrell Center made the trip across town, uh, basically down University Parks, and was ready to go at the new arena. Um, Aaron, I just started kind of – I first took some pictures. Um found my spot found our spot for ESPN Central Texas. Cam was with me. Cam found his spot and I'm sure he pointed this out on the air today, Aaron, if he didn't, I'll do it for him. Uh there were like, you know, two, three rows of media and all the outlets were there. It was interesting. One of the the big internet sites, Aaron, just no <laughs> that didn't they didn't come to the game. But uh anyway, the uh uh everybody had their their seats and labeled ESPN Central Texas. I was between really nice guy I didn't know he uh, had a beard and glasses and I, I didn't I'm gonna have to meet him again because uh, I liked uh, he was a really thoughtful guy and I enjoyed kind of being next to him and then uh, Aaron, to my right was somebody from, like, CBS Sports Radio, which may be a thing around here. I'm not totally sure, but nice guy. And then Cam was to his right. And Cam, and Aaron of all, like, the, they had all the, the entities listed, you know, ESPN. They didn't, nobody's name. Even the ESPN.com guy that was in town, they didn't, Myron Medcalf, did not have his name. Okay, it just said ESPN.com. And then on that sheet, it said, Cam Stewart. And, um, Aaron, I, I thought that was a good moment for young Cam. It was just kind of like, hey. And, and don't think that Cam didn't point that out to me. Uh, he noticed that. And then he had a nice seat down to my right. And, and, uh, and so he, he took the game in that way. Now, Aaron, people, unbeknownst to me, old fraternity brothers and others were like, Snapping photos of me while I was down there working on my Chick Fil A, and then posting it. and something <laughs> I saw like that. that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was why that was my old nickname in college, <clears throat> which I probably asked to be called this, but because i i played I played sports at, and ma- mainly basketball at Kaufman High School Aaron and so this guy referred to me as the Kaufman Express <laughs> <laughs> it, which uh anyway that, that that I also sadly had to, because of Aaron you've seen me now when I have to you know whether it be on the basketball court or the tennis court I can still move all right I can still get where I need to get but in life I don't move too quickly to do anything whether I'm eating whether I'm just hanging out, whether I'm arriving at some place. Like, it's pretty rare you're going to see me, you know, moving around too quickly. So, Aaron, that was, uh, with my name being Mosley, somehow my nickname, fraternity nickname, was Slow Mo. So that, and it's funny, I kind of forget about it sometimes, Aaron, and then, like, at a game like that, when I run into – my old pledge brothers—that's how they addressed me. <laughs> so slow mo. So anyway, people, we were taking pictures. Aaron, you may have seen some of those I posted. I I saw my my old uh, um, my old buddies Jason Whiteside and Derek Johnston, um, and they had flown in with a guy from Tulsa named Steve Mitchell, who was one of our fraternity brothers. And Steve had his own special. It was it was funny, Aaron. I think Steve has started his of all of our fraternity brothers, well there's another guy named Sam Lachlan, but there's always like two of your buddies that make it, you know, that hit a lick and just like make a crazy amount of money. And so Steve's one of those guys. And so I think, you know, he's being courted, I'm sure, by Baylor Athletics. But I went down there to visit with him and Aaron <laughs> His seats were right behind the cheerleaders, and he was kind of joking. He was like, "You know, when I was nineteen, I would have really, <laughs> I would have really loved these seats." And uh, uh, and it, what's funny is, Garrett, what what do you think he was doing, Aaron, when we were in college? He's a little bit older than I am. He was the mic man. Baylor cheerleaders used to have, uh, Aaron, you probably remember this at games. You Remember they would have the cheerleaders, and then they would have a guy with a mic. And, like, talking to the crowd and announcing things and kind of trying to hype the crowd. Well, that was Steve. He was the mic man. And I think even he had that, like, he wore something during the games that denoted that as the mic man. So there he was down there appropriately with the cheerleaders. But I got a kick out of him because, Aaron, like, in some ways, you know, this was courtside right behind the basket or right – I mean, not even behind the basket, right next to the basket – so it should have been, in my mind, you know, like great, great seats. But as I was standing there talking to he and his brother, the cheerleaders were standing in front of them. So I was like, oh, man. Like, it in a sense, like somebody's standing. Think about that. You get these incredible seats, and then you're right behind the cheerleaders. And I'm sure there are people hearing this, well, like there are worse things than being behind beautiful cheerleaders. But Aaron <laughs> – it was from a viewing standpoint. Now I think during a lot of the game they actually are seated, but I, I it was just so fun to walk around uh, before the game. Aaron there at courtside are Jim and Julie Turner, Jim Turner Chevrolet. Um, you know they're they are huge parts and huge sponsors of ours, and they sponsor Campus Confidential. So. It was really fun because Jim was introducing me to people. He's like, hey, you know, Matt, Matt advertises for us on the air. And so that was kind of neat. And then former Board of Regents chair, Joel Allison, who, who was my dad's old college roommate, he shows up on the scene. David Nelson, former Baylor basketball, great, good family friend. I mean, it was just so neat. It was a huge kind of like the game was almost beside the point. It was just this enormous. Let's all gather, and and have a great time. And then I saw some other fraternity brothers down there courtside. I mean, it was a, it was a neat, it was a, uh, it was a neat experience. The views from pretty much everywhere, I think, are really, really good. Um, and then, in fact, I was walking around the concourse. It's called the Jim Turner family, or Jim and Julie Turner family. Concourse, and so that was neat to kind of check that out. Aaron, as I looked high up above the video boards, now we'll talk more and more about this. In fact, coming up here at 320, we'll delve more into the arena and the game and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I, I do have to say, the video boards were well positioned, well conceived. Um, I am very much aware of the fact because my buddies were texting me constantly. And, Aaron, you were probably producing or directing this game back at the mothership, so I don't know if you had it on ESPN+. Plus. Of course, you could hear on ESPN Central Texas, Ryan Boyd did a great job, and Pat Nunley, John and King were on the TV call. I am well aware that the views on TV people, some of these arenas over the years, where they put the camera is so high... That it's it's not what we're used to in watching a game on TV. I have to think that will be addressed, and there's no way they're going to allow, like, you know. I mean, I, I again, I don't know. I would think when these games are on main uh, networks or whatever, um, it'll it'll all sort itself out. But that was Aaron, a common thing I was hearing from all my buddies. Like, where's the why are we seeing this angle? Let's, I mean and I'm I'm just and I just kept saying I didn't even get caught up in it. I said listen, you've got to come to this place. Like it's incredible. Like the views, the um the 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 filled house nature of it, even above those really cool um video boards, it, it kinda has a Hinkle filled house or, or a, an old retro type feel to it. And I, 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 I think of these old coliseums or field houses. I, I sometimes we used to refer to them as barns. Um, I may have used that word with Mac last night, and now I'm kind of regretting it. What I mean by that is a compliment, though. Like a, um, it just it seems like a real throwback field house, almost something like you'd see in Indiana. That's that's the feel I think they were going for. And I think they've achieved it. I really do. And Aaron, you you heard me during this last football season. I don't, especially how bad it was. i not. I don't come on here. I'm not paid by Baylor. We are the Baylor flagship, but I I'm never on here like trying to get my pom poms out. But man, I thought that place was neat. Aaron, were you watching on uh, on ESPN Plus to kind of give you a feel for what the what the venue looked like?
2: Yeah, it's it's, and I I, I know that you know TV is not going to do it justice, but even on TV it looks pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to get over there, Aaron. You may be doing the women's game tonight, but you got to get over there soon, because I, and I know the TV view you are talking about because they're showing a lot of this stuff kind of live up on those video boards. So I think I have a, uh, I think I know where the complaints are coming for on, on TV. And it's, it's the same thing where Oklahoma State plays in uh, the retrofit Gallagher-Iba Arena. Sometimes where they put a camera at a game like that is just either way too high or something. And, again, this can be addressed. I think it will be fine uh, from a TV standpoint. And I'm, I'm kind of anxious to watch a game on TV – to get the feel. But I also, you know, I encourage everybody to be over there for the women's game tonight. We'll have Nikki on with us. Um, I I just, I thought everything was handled. I mean, Aaron, I got to say, I was a little worried because I parked over at, you know, I got there way early because we were doing the game from over at the Pavilion uh, Plaza. And I, and I got to say again, boy, Jason Cook and his staff, Wow, that was pretty awesome. Johnny on the spot. We were right there in Clifton-Robinson Tower. There was some laser show stuff happening last night. There was some great graphics on the front of the building that are really neat. Um, that that Robinson Tower kind of now goes hand-in-hand hand with that arena, uh, with the Foster Pavilion. And then also, I, I you know, and it was fun. I was taking pictures. Aaron Bill Gates was there. You know, he dates uh, Paula Hurd. Um, and, um, the, the, you know, who Paula, uh, Mark heard uh, passed away a few years ago, and, um, uh, and she was, is his wife, um, uh, and so she's dating Bill Gates, and so Bill Gates was down there behind the Baylor bench, <laughs> and it was just kind of funny to look down there, and I, I mean, I was just, you know, stone's throw away, <laughs> just kind of, oh, there's Bill Gates hanging out down there, so. A lot of luminaries, a lot of fun people to hang with, um, and it was a scene. And last night was more about a celebration of the place, and I guess tonight will be also, but I'm telling you, Aaron, these Horned Frogs are not coming in here trying to serve as like, oh, we're gonna we're here to help open up a, a gym. Um, I uh, You know, it's New Pavilion. Oh, what I was going to say is, Aaron to see Paul and Alejandra Foster come out. and you know I in my mind, I'm always like, well if somebody gives a hundred million, they've got to be like in advanced years or eight, you know they've accumulated this enormous wealth over many, many years. and Aaron, they're they're fairly young looking folks. I mean i just I just had this thought like, dang, man, Paul Foster and Alejandra. I guess I've seen pictures of them before. But they're up there on the screen and I was like, Man, they're not they're not very old. Um what a what a what a generous gift and uh what an amazing thing. And it was just really cool to see them honored. And you could tell they weren't real, you know, big publicity seekers. They were you know, there are other people in the arena, Aaron, that would have gladly run out there and tried to address the crowd. And they they just kinda I mean, gave it a little wave and honestly tried to Run off the court, and they had to make them stay just so they could get some more pictures and stuff. Um, pretty awesome, pretty awesome to make a gift like that, and that's a huge deal for Baylor, huge thing for Mac Rose and his staff, and then everybody in Baylor development. I saw Nick Florence and Greg Davis, and and uh, you know they they uh, they really have a huge hand in some of these enormous gifts that come in. Um, so it was kind of neat to see everybody. I saw Jeremy Fudge courtside, the new Fudge uh, Football Operations Center. He gave $15 million for that. Um, a lot of, lot of good folks just hanging out, having a big time last night. at the. Uh, and then I saw some people, Aaron, that wore hard hats to the game, like Baylor hard hats. I thought that was kind of fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> I joked about that, but then there were people that actually did that. And um, had the uh, – my buddy Ashley did that last night. He uh, he had the hard hat and some of his friends, uh, Sarah, and I forget the rest of it. Uh, Sarah's a really nice person. Okay, Ro- the Rogers family, I think it was. Aaron, um, let's get into a little more of it. I-, I will address the play, some of the things we saw on the court. And um, – I. Boy, a team that I now have great admiration for and a coach. Love this. Cor- the Cornell Big Red did not show up trying to pick up a check. They showed up trying to win a ball game. And I, I just I cannot tell you how much respect I have for the Cornell Big Red. Aaron, I may. I I've thought about as I approach age 50 getting another graduate degree. And by another, I mean my first one. And I, I'm thinking Cornell's the direction I may go. All of that coming up next.
3: Baylor Bear Basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas.
4: The Bears play their Big 12 opener Saturday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. One thirty for the countdown to tip-off. 2 p.m. Tip-off Saturday.
3: Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears John Morris for Baylor Bear Basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas.
5: It's 9.30 on a Saturday night. You're at the ballpark getting hot dogs for the kids, and your debit card doesn't work. Lucky for you, Central National Bank's after-hours service is ready to help you get out of all kinds of ninth-inning jams. Just contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a local person who can answer questions and fix problems. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC
6: exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue.
8: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntexSportsFan.com.
1: Don't go through another year with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Make 2024 the year. You go back to living normal life again. Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. QC Kinetics can give you your life back. The nation's leader in regenerative medicine. These are all natural treatments that can repair and restore that damaged tissue, giving you pain-free movement. Again, if you have pain from an old injury or pain associated with arthritis, you need to check this out. The future of medicine is here. Regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. Make the call now so you can get the most out of 2024. Get back to doing what you love. And don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation. 254-415-4100. 254-415-415. 4100 QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100.
8: now back to the matt mosley show on espn central texas
1: well it is the mosley show um and aaron are just little bugs that will have to be ironed out right i mean i i really wanted to uh I, in typical form, you know, I told Aaron for people that don't know, I try to give Aaron a heads up on things. and say, Aaron, let's do this, this, and that. And then invariably I forget something, and so at the last minute say, hey, can you do this? And so Aaron is always willing and great about pulling these things off and like, yeah, we can grab this audio or that audio. And Aaron, I even now have turned to some of our TV buddies and you know, on the we usually grab things from wherever. You know, we'll either record it ourselves. John's great about doing that. YouTube's a great venue. Baylor puts stuff up. But Aaron, the uh, the, the Scott, we had a good visit, by the way. I was there with uh, old Scott, and uh, after the game, and Jacoby came out, and Ray J Dennis, uh, Matt Roberts did a nice job, kind of coordinating all that effort. But Aaron, on the first night of like, you know getting we tested the audio and somebody went up there testing 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 and then it just it was not what we needed it to be so um i'm still kind of endeavoring and 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 attempting to bring our audience some uh clean audio from last night but it was a little bit rough out of the shoot uh and and, and, Aaron, it's just there's some areas of that place that are just – it's still a work site. I mean, in a sense, they'll play this game tonight, the women, against TCU, and then all the workers the workers will go right back in there and keep working. And then they'll make all the finishes and and uh, this offseason and get the uh, parking all taken care of. But one of the things I meant to point out was that last night – the crowd did a great job of just everybody knew to get there early. Um, I, I would say that seventy percent of the crowd was in place forty-five minutes before the game, and um, but they were all milling around, walking around. You know, I saw someone Aaron on Twitter, somebody, and I didn't respond, but somebody like from A.C.U. and I had had some. I took a picture, not a selfie, but I had someone take my picture with the. With, with everything in the background, just kind of showing what it looked like and just having a little fun and put it out there on social media. Somebody from ACU says, I see nobody's this new arena and still nobody's going. It's like, dude, it's like 40. You can see on behind me, Aaron, there are like 50 minutes till tip-off. Everybody's like milling around looking at stuff, and some guy wants to sound off. Well, the good news is, once everybody was seated, the national anthem and the, um, and then I I was down on the floor for that, then made my way back up to my media seat, and for the introductions and all that, man, the place was packed. All right, just full on sellout, and it was loud. I mean, uh, you know, don't big shots and big. I mean, a me seat last night against Cornell could have had. Oh, he could have had 30 in his sleep. I mean, he just – he's such a massive dude and a great rebounder that – and he was putting everything back. I mean, he just – and then even when he'd get the ball down there, he'd put a move on. I thought Ojean went up, played really well down there. Um, the big – the big guy, and then Jacoby had a big game. Jacoby ends up, I think, with – I don't have it, the box score in front of me. I think he had 23. Ray J is just – you know Ray J has had a problem this year turning the ball over, but when he's on and when he's protecting the ball, I mean he's great at distributing the ball. Um, he's I think what gets Scott the most excited is when people play crazy hard defense. So John, uh, John went to, uh, did it last night one time, and Scott kind of went crazy. They he helped he made them turn the ball over. Um, I think that's what excites Scott Drew the most. Aaron, it was kind of funny. I was asking the players after the game, Jacoby and Ray J, like, hey, what did, um, you know, what did you like the most about the arena? Like, you know, because they just are getting to know the place and honestly went in there to shoot for the first time just the other day. I mean, they basically got about the same amount of shots up as Cornell. Um, and Ray J just sounded almost like a little kid. I mean he was fun uh in and, and really engaging talking about it. He just said that I mean both he and Jacoby talked about the fans and the way they kinda go straight up, how steep it is, where the fans are kind of st- out over the court or kinda it just I don't know how to explain it, Aaron. It's just kinda like it just seems like the as a fan you're more on top of things at this venue. And Ray J said I said, what did you think about those video boards? And Ray J was just like, man, I, I said, were you, like, looking at them the whole time? And Ray J said, yeah. I was, like, watching them constantly. And Aaron, I, you know, I was looking around to see what all the fans were doing. And when I looked down there at Bill Gates, who was at the game last night, I was explaining that earlier, he dates Paula Hurd. And course the court has mark and Paula Hurd's name on it uh, mark um, passed away from cancer sadly about no oh, it's been about three or four years now but uh, I kept seeing Bill Gates staring at something like up right above me and, and and it was just constant he was just trans I mean I just thought who's he and, and, and because I couldn't see what what he was seeing and of course then it quickly realized i'm like oh yeah i've got this up above my head here this huge video board so he was just mesmerized by it you know the founder of uh of microsoft bill gates he was just like completely uh engrossed with uh this the video board and then i on our end we were looking at the opposite video board and great i mean you you got the uh the videos look great on it the stats look really good um i i i, just, I what i one of the other thing i was and i meant to kind of ask the players about it like a what I, you, you always wonder kind of like what shooters think you know great shooters can shoot anywhere but still like it's not always easy to shoot in those massive football arenas where you just don't have a great Backdrop. You don't have stuff like right behind it like you normally would in a smaller gym, and I kind of wanted to get a feel for the players on, on what they thought of the, the backdrop, what they were looking at, you know, just stuff. I mean, I just think players notice that kind of thing, and um, and both teams shot the ball fairly well. I mean, Baylor came out. I mean, as I said, I thought Meece was. Awesome, as usual. Jacoby was really good. Bridges hit a lot of shots. Um, I, I I mean, none kind of got going late. Um, Cornell is just, they were down 70 to 48 with like, let's say, 12 minutes left or something. And it just seemed like it was going to be run. over. Yeah. And Cornell goes 90. I think I had it earn. It's a 19 to 7 run. Um, so they, they got that thing back to within 10, and we're shooting at one point to try to get it to double digits. I did see them get it to 10. I'm trying to think if they ever got it to 9. I know they had it to 11, and I, then they got it to 10, and they had that thing at 75 65, I think it was. Now, um, Jacoby hit a – Walter hit a big three, and that calmed everything down. And in the end, it was kind of a runaway type deal. It was whatever it ended up being. It was like – I looked up at one point. It was kind of like 92-70 to or 92-72, so it looked like a blowout. But, I mean, the big red of Cornell kept coming. And, Aaron, they were funny. You know, it reminds you some of Princeton. They had some – Good athletes, they had some guys that weren't even like close to being athletic. And I and I love there was a redheaded dude that just kinda shot threes from way out. I think it was number fifteen. And the coach after the game, Aaron, there was one guy that covers Cornell that was at that post game and he was asking some questions. And I really liked the coach. He was nice about the venue and he was nice about what he thought about the Baylor team. I mean, but he, he you could tell he didn't want to. He—he kind of hated to be like, "Golly gee, we're just happy to get our check." Like he was still mad they lost the game. I—I um, I just something about that guy's attitude and what he said about the Ivy League and what he said about, "Hey, you know, we think we're a two bid league." I—I I don't know. I—I I, he's kind of a younger looking dude to me. He just grab—he kind of grabbed my attention. Like this guy could coach anywhere. Um, I, I liked him. I really liked the coach. He got a technical at one point. Aaron, they had a little guy. I mean, I'm just telling you, every, you know, like just some of these guys were tiny. I, first of all, I guess, Aaron, if you have, um, you know, like a, a, a non scholarship type school where a lot of these guys maybe are on academic type scholarships. And, you know, they don't do typical scholarships like everybody else does in the Ivy League. So the bench, I bet they had 20 players over there. It wasn't your normal – Baylor will have some players red-shirting or whatever. But you really – you might have – I mean, you might have 12 or 13 guys over there, you know, ready to play. These guys came to town with, like, 20 players. And Aaron, he was throwing them in there in hockey shifts. The coach was. And – by the end of the game, I was asking a guy who was keeping up with it to my left. I said, how do you um, – you know, I, what what do you – I mean, I, I was just kind of curious. Like, how many – are you keeping up with how many they've sent in the game? And at one point he's like, yeah, they've played 13 guys. And then I said, hey, these two guys haven't been in the game. So that's 15. Then at the end, about four or five new guys came on. Aaron, I think they played 18 dudes. In that game last night, Cornell. So it was kind of fascinating to watch. But the coach after the game said to this redheaded guy, and he he wasn't trying to be funny. He said um, he said uh, this guy's name was like Elliot or something like that. He said uh, he said Elliot understands that uh, there's nothing else he can do besides shoot, and so he never tries. He doesn't try to beat anybody off the dribble, and. Um, And he just knows his role, and he helped space the court for us. And Aaron, true to his word, this dude sat out there from about 25 feet and just launched shots. And he never tried to dribble. He never tried. He knew his role. It was like, I'm here. I was put on this earth to shoot the basketball from a long way away. And I can't jump, and I can't make a move, and I'm not a particularly good dribbler. But I did (laughs) – but the Lord gifted me, and, may, and I'm sure he's worked on it. And I just love that the coach called it what it was. It was like, he's a great spacer for us, but he knows that there's nothing else he can do on the basketball court. I mean, that's basically what the coach said. And then, Aaron, they had a number 30, and I was joking with one of the Baylor coaches last night late after the game. I was like, "That, if you ever want to know what I tried to do in high school, just look at number 30 for Cornell. Like, that's exactly everything he tried to do in that game. I was trying to do on a nightly basis and then into college intramurals. And Aaron, he, well, first of all, he talked, you know, which won't shock you that I talked a little bit on the court. And second of all, he was trying to go one-on-one and pull off the, the, the craziest moves you could ever imagine. And, of course, I was trying to do that for years. Scoops, everything. Now, this guy had more athleticism than I ever thought about having. And more height. Okay, so there there was a major difference. But everything he tried to pull off, it was just like, oh, wait, this is exactly what I tried to do when I played. <laughs> so they were a funny little team to watch because they had a ton of guys. They had about two dudes that were kind of athletic. And then everybody else was just scrappy as all get out. And then they tried to get you on backdoor cuts. And then, Aaron, I heard – Scott, after the game, saying something about, like, how they used the Princeton offense. And I think what we I, – I, maybe they did. Too, I did see some backdoor stuff, right? But the mo- for the most part, they just spread the ball out and tried to drive and kick. And, I mean, it was a weird-looking offense. I just think we're so used to watching Yale or Princeton in the tournament that we call everything the Princeton offense when it's Ivy League and Cornell I guess kind of did that but to me it did not look like like Pete Carrill's old Princeton teams were a thing of beauty because they would lull you to sleep and then backdoor you to death and they would have a high post and he would either and he would either drive or or they always had like maybe one athletic dude and then shooters and then screeners and rollers and they would do back cuts I, that's not exactly what I saw from Cornell, but I saw like one of the most tremendous like the heart that they showed in being just completely outmanned was pretty cool. And and I just thought they were the perfect team to open that arena because not a pushover like that 0 and 12 team that came through. That was not a pushover, but not a not a team that was probably going to beat you. So, in a, in a sense, I thought they were the perfect opening night game. All right, um, um, Aaron, I cannot wait for you to get over there because I I keep wanting to ask you what you thought, but I just don't think watching it on TV can do it justice. So I'll be anxious for you to get in there and and get a look at it because it's a it's a pretty special deal. And what would have what would have been bad. You don't want to move across town to a new pavilion or across campus and it look like the Ferrell Center. That would have been the worst thing possible. This thing looks, there's not even, other than the basket being 10 feet high and the backboard, um, nothing about it looks like the Ferrell Center. There aren't, I mean, they didn't go with the green motif, nothing like that. Um, And, again, I love the Ferrell Center. It sounds like I'm, I don't there's nothing but I thought it's funny what Scott said last night Aaron after the game he said something like we finally have a home court advantage (laughs) right (laughs) and and I thought oh my gosh he's being pretty honest um but um anyway uh it was good it was a lot of fun so we'll continue to talk about it I I would like to Um, Aaron, as we move forward today into the 4 o'clock, Bryce is going to jump on and talk about it with me at 4, just the whole night and everything. Bryce Cherry from the Waco Trib. But if you went to the game, or even if you watched it on TV and you have thoughts, um, love to hear from you. I know a ton of people, and they were responding to me last night via Twitter. But if you want to weigh in with your thoughts on the new uh, Foster Pavilion, um, 254-254. 254-662-1660 Six six two sixteen sixty 662 1660 is our text line. That's 254-662-1660. That's our uh, text line, and uh, would love to hear your thoughts, and we'll be reading those throughout the day uh, right here on the air. Um, all right, uh, we'll do some uh, uh, NFL blitz. We'll do it next.
3: Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women play their Big 12 home opener
4: Wednesday in Foster Pavilion hosting TCU. 6.30 for the countdown to tip off 7 p.m. Tip off Wednesday.
3: Tune into Baylor women's basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on
7: ESPN Central Texas. Morrison's Gifts, Waco's oldest family-owned gift store, has moved. Visit their new expanded location a few feet from their old space. Enjoy a new shopping experience with new product arriving weekly. At Morrison's, you'll find great Texas and American products like John Hart leather goods, Consuela bags and purses, locally sourced gourmet items, and great gift items for babies and kids. Can't decide? They specialize in designing custom gift baskets, local delivery, and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison's Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan
9: you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is The Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true! At The Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com.
3: So, the door that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call.
7: Drive into the new year with confidence and excitement during the Start Something New Sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get incredible deals on our entire selection of new Ram trucks, Jeeps, SUVs, Chrysler sedans, or a sporty Dodge. Get more for less, guaranteed. More value, more selection, more service, more trade-in allowance, and even more competitive financing. Hurry in and start 2024 with a bang. Shop the greatest selection of inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco. In-store or online at allensamuelsdcj.com and make it under forgettable.
8: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
4: Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at Diamori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity and high transparency material so you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by DeMori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. DeMori Fine Jewelers at demorifinejewelers.com.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Oh, it is uh, the Mosley Show, and um, man, I'm just thinking back Aaron, on everybody I ran across at the game last night. What a what a cool scene that was as uh, Baylor opened the uh, the brand new Foster Pavilion. Night two of the grand opening. This evening, as the Bears take on the Horn Frogs, the Baylor women, the number six team in the country, and you know, I, I, I think, I think everybody ought to just go right back over there and, uh, and see this thing again. I mean, again, everybody arrived early, which was so smart. There were a lot of shuttles. Aaron, I was dreading um, walking back over. After the game, after doing the stuff, and going back over to the herd, under the bridge, and it was rainy and cold, and I thought, oh, great, I'm going to catch cold. (laughs) I'm going to get sick again. And I walk out of the loading dock area, the back area where the media comes in, and there's just this awesome dude, really cool guy uh, with a shuttle for the media, and I jumped on this warm shuttle. Ryan Boyd and I were on there. Ryan called the game last night on ESP in Central Texas. And uh, a photographer that I've seen over the years, I can't tell you his name, but he jumped on there and off we went. And uh, had a nice warm ride over to the herd. So I would say it was never going to be perfect opening night. But considering all the stuff, that they had to do to try to get this thing ready, I mean, I I thought it went off pretty well. I'm sure people have complaints about this or that, but uh, the on-court product and the way that building looks from inside is pretty awesome. I mean, it really is. Okay, Aaron, uh, it is time for what we call the NFL Blitz. What do you have for us?
2: We'll start with the Cowboys as they get ready for a must-win game on the road against the Commanders this Sunday. Injury report not out for today, but head coach Mike McCarthy did say that defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins would be limited at practice today, which would be the first time Hankins has practiced in almost a month. So a possible big return for the Cowboys injury-wise. Offensive tackle Tyler Smith, McCarthy said, would work exclusively with the team's rehab group as he works through a torn plantar fascia, he was seen at practice on working on resistance rope. The team has said that if he can't, that because it was complete tear, not a partial tear, Smith can manage the injury better. It's, they're still not sure if he will play this Sunday, but uh, the team did add a familiar face. They signed former Cowboy offensive tackle Lyle Collins to the practice squad.
1: <laughs> Welcome back, Lyle <laughs> Collins. Way to go, um, I. I think it's interesting, Aaron. I just there's a headline up on on ESPN that said, "Is Mike McCarthy, if the Cowboys flame out in the playoffs, is he completely safe?" And I mean, I, Jeremy Fowler was writing about this on ESPN.com. Um, He said, I keep going back to what Jerry Jones told reporters in November. He said, the team is certainly capable of winning the whole thing. He said, if the Cowboys don't make it past the divisional round for the third consecutive year, do Jones' feelings about his team inform his decision-making on his coach? That's why I classify this one (laughs) as a bit of a wild card. (laughs) I mean, Aaron, it would be difficult – And weird to fire a coach that's had three straight 12-win seasons if they beat Washington. I mean, like, (laughs) on the surface. Now, as a 12-win season, what it used to be, well, there are 17 uh, games now instead of 16. So it's changed a little bit. But it's still a pretty nice accomplishment to win 12 games. But, Aaron, I... I absolutely think the argument could be made if they can't get past the that first round, that that would be that could be a problem for Mike. I mean, I but like getting past the divisional round, they never do. No, I mean they haven't in 28 years. Well, not since so not, not I was don't,
2: in, we were in college.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't even understand. Like, that's not what you measure the Cowboys on, sadly. They don't, they don't ever make the conference championship game. If they did, McCarthy would be a made man. <clears throat> that's why it's still funny to me that people talk about Super Bowls. I mean, like, it really – I mean, it, it, I just don't think people that aren't around the Cowboys as much as we have been or that have been Cowboys fans all their lives like a lot of people have around here – but people from the outside don't understand that it, it's not even just about making the Super Bowl. It's not. It's about if you ever broke through and won a divisional playoff game and got to the conference title championship game, it would, it would mean everything. It's it's different than the Rangers because the Rangers had actually been to the World Series a couple of times, um, you know, in 2010, in 2011. The Mavericks had been in 2006 and they broke through and w- they won it all in 2011. I mean, these teams have done it in somewhat recent memory. So, I I, uh, I I don't know. Aaron, you see any scenario where McCarthy is fired? Like if they
2: I think if they if if they lose that first round game at home, <sighs> and uh, it's not and it's an ugly loss. And by that it doesn't have to be a blowout, just you know, if they just show up and lay an egg, I think there's a chance, but I don't think it's a big chance.
1: Could they just could they just announce that they're firing Kellen Moore again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the Chargers will be announcing that as soon as they get a new head coach, so
1: Ooh. Yeah, I'd like to I wonder if Herbert said to anybody, like the ownership or the Spanos, like, hey, I like this guy. I like my man. Give him another chance. Let him stay. But uh, Kellen Moore, boy, his star, seemingly he went to a great place. And then the Chargers end up firing uh, their head coach. And, by the way, whoever was their interim, you remember that next game after they got killed and they fired the guy? Whatever their next game was, I feel like it was – I don't know, right before Christmas or right around Christmas. Because I remember watching that one night, like on a – it was like a Saturday night or something, and or a Christmas Eve game or something. They played really inspired football. And I, I wish I could tell you who their backup. You would know, Aaron. Who's the backup for the Chargers? I feel like he played okay.
2: Easton Stick. He played That's terrible right. that first game. He's been eh, not terrible yeah. since. Not great. Yeah, yeah he's been okay.
1: I thought in that game he actually kind of hung in there and played okay. Um, all right, it is uh, that is our NFL Blitz Package. We may get back into some more uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, reminder, Nikki Collin, in preparation for tonight's huge game, the opener for the women at the Pavilion, at Foster Pavilion, will all gather there and have a big night. Uh, going to be very, very exciting, and, uh, and that will happen this very evening. Um, and uh, Nikki Collin will be on with us at about 520 today. Next, the sports editor of the Waco Tribune-Herald, that is Bryce Cherry, a robust discussion about the new pavilion and opening night. That is next. The Big 12 Shootaround,
8: weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Don't go through another year with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Make 2024 the year. You go back to living normal life again. Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. QC Kinetics can give you your life back. The nation's leader in regenerative medicine. These are all natural treatments that can repair and restore that damaged tissue, giving you pain-free movement. Again, if you have pain from an old injury or pain associated with arthritis, you need to check this out. The future of medicine is here. Regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. Make the call now so you can get the most out of 2024. Get back to doing what you love. And don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. Call QC Kinetics for free consultation. 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100. Run a winning play over knee, hip, and shoulder pain. Corio Health's all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle, use the latest minimally invasive technology, including orthopedic surgical robot, to perform total knee replacement. Whether your pain is from an old sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Corio Health Orthopedic can help make the play. Call today, 254-483-KNEE. That's 254-483-KNEE.
7: lender espn central texas
8: is your home of the texas rangers
10: 1424 bistro located in downtown waco has been serving central texas for over 20 years 1424 bistro the restaurant that helped create the fine dining experience waco is best known for 1424 Bistro provides a unique and fine dining experience so many Wacoans have known and loved for many, many years. 1424 Bistro is dedicated to providing exquisite dishes that are fresh, hearty, and simply unforgettable. Waco's home for good food, wine, and conversation, from fresh seafood, steaks, lamb, to chicken piccata, and of course, let's not forget about some of their incredible appetizers like flaming cheese and calamari, and finish off with their white chocolate bread pudding or creme brulee. Come enjoy dinner at 1424 Bistro in downtown Waco on 1424 Washington Avenue. Come enjoy tonight.
6: Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project?
5: At UBO Business Services, we understand more than likely your IT service provider is securing all your front door accesses to your business. But what is not being protected is your back door with open print and fax ports where firmware has not been updated. With the white glove treatment our customers get at UBO, we update firmware on all service calls. Once again, putting customers first is why you call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
8: From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Out is uh, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Bryce Cherry. Joining us now, from the Waco Trib, the man, the myth, and there he was. We were at our new perch, watching the game last night. Bryce, welcome back to the Mosley Show. It was good to see you last night. I thought it was a successful opening night. I'm sure there are several things you gotta kind of get the kinks out. I my. Favorite thing that worked was uh on a cold rainy night when I parked over at the Herd Center, there was a media shuttle waiting right outside. I hope it was there for you as well. But uh I thought that I thought that worked out pretty nicely. How was your first night at uh, Foster Pavilion?
11: Yeah, I actually didn't see the the media shuttle. I maybe I took off too soon before it could pick me up, but uh I had an umbrella, so I was I was okay. I didn't melt. I'm not made of sugar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was a great night, a, a fun experience seeing uh, you know a building open up for the first time, and um, you know obviously we got a chance to see it a few weeks back with uh, the media tour and mm-hmm. and kind of get the the behind the scenes look at at that point, and and they you know they did a lot between uh, those few weeks and and yesterday when it opened up uh that said i mean i do feel like there are some things they still have to to finish out you know i mean uh you and i rode in a service elevator that uh certainly is far from completed <laughs> with some some duct tape on the on the walls and the plywood mm-hmm. floor and it it was something but uh but no the arena itself is gorgeous and i think uh a welcome uh, change for for Baylor in terms of uh, smaller, cozier, louder, um, you know, and then all the bells and whistles that go with it. Um, the players after the game, Ray J and Jacoby both talked about uh, the light, uh, and it was clear. I mean, you could a, a lot of the pictures from the game. Both you know, uh, Rod ate a lot for the trip and and others I saw Baylor Athletics and. Thickem uh, and different people taking pictures, uh, you know they look like film pictures. You know, I mean it looked like Hollywood was out there lighting those pictures. You know, so um, it's it's a pretty impressive place, and I think uh, it's going to be cool for uh, big games like Kansas and uh, you know just uh, other games that you know will uh, will will draw a huge crowd once the the buzz sort of wears off.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, nice. I'm sorry you didn't – the shuttle was like literally when you came out of that loading dock was right to the left uh, – as you see Clifton-Robinson Tower, it was right next to the tower over there. And uh, okay. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, I
11: missed, yeah I'm, that's I, I You know, I, I had my little uh, trip to New York City to watch the Bears play Duke and – I did a lot of walking uh, in New York City, so I'm I'm an experienced big city walker.
1: I was there too. Uh, I I you know I thought that was kind of cool of Cornell, too. And apparently they had a couple of Texas kids that that was kind of neat. Some of their families got to see them play. But I thought they were the perfect group to open that arena because it was like. They didn't quite threaten, although that big run they went on was a little scary for Baylor. I mean, they got it to 10, I think, at one point. But, I mean, they probably weren't going to beat Baylor. But you didn't want that team, whoever that team was Baylor recently beat that was like 0-12 or something. You don't want that. You you just want something that's kind of fun and somewhat competitive. And Cornell fit the fit the bill. I mean, they're, they're a different kind of team. But uh, I kind of liked their coach. He got a technical at one point. They had some players that were kind of mouthing a little bit during the game. Um, I just thought Cornell showed pretty well last night, and so it ended up being I, I think that was a good way to open up the arena. And I thought they uh, I thought they acquitted themselves very nicely.
11: Yeah, absolutely. I think the Ivy League is is a generally pretty good basketball league. Um, it's done well in the NCAA tournament. It did well against Baylor one year in the NCAA tournament with, with Yale uh, beating the Bears. Uh, of course, that led to the famous uh, Torian Prince quote about rebounding. I mean, that was uh, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite press conference moments where, where that uh, writer asked asked uh, Torian about how does Yale out-rebound uh, out, out rebound. Baylor and you know he had the northeast Baylor accent you know and and Torian gave the well you know you go up you grab a rebound and uh, <laughs> and that's that's what you do <laughs> I mean, <it> was, <laughs> I love that but uh but you're right Cornell uh you know I think they tested Baylor at times with with the press and with that Princeton offense they were running and uh, you know, it was a fifteen zero run in the second half. Got down to seven, I think, at one point. But, um, you know, Baylor Baylor persevered, and you know, Baylor's size and depth, I think, you know, was gonna was gonna win out in that matchup. But definitely a good kind of back to basketball uh, game for Baylor as it you know gets its feet wet again before uh, starting Big Twelve play on Saturday.
1: Golly, did I look up there? Did it get to 77 to 70 now that I'm thinking about it? I And I have to admit, I was even
11: wondering. Yeah,
1: that's wild. I was wandering around even more than I usually do. I mean, it's not shocking to see me in any venue moving around, visiting with people. But yet last night, I just wanted to see and check out everything. I thought those uh, – Bryce, I thought those video boards were kind of the hit. I mean, I – I like the general feel because it has a filled house. It's called a pavilion, but it has a filled house, old, a uh, little bit of a, a nostalgic type feeling. The top, um, I don't know what you would say, that kind of exposed steel. Uh, I'll put my architectural hat on. I, But just something about even above those video boards. Now, video boards we can talk about. Those were, I think, kind of cool, uh, Look good. But even kind of above that, you know what I'm talking about. There's like a uh, on that where we were looking. There's kind of a filled house, and I don't know. It gave me kind of an Indiana feeling, and yeah. and I think you used the word cozy. I would say yeah, cozy, intimate. Kind of sounds like a romance novel breaking out here, but I I think <laughs> uh, I think it had a nice feel to it.
11: Yeah, yeah absolutely, and I, I know what you're talking about. I would say maybe the facade is what is what we're talking about that that sort of uh you know uh, angular uh, I, neither one of us are clearly ar- architects but uh that that yeah kind of um field house looking um uh, environment that that's cool uh and it it does give you more of a you know just a an intimate setting where, um, you know, you don't see as many empty seats. Now, will there be games uh, eventually where, you know, the place isn't full? Sure. But clearly there are going to be fewer empty seats because you're in a smaller arena. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I I think it's a good thing for Baylor. And, yeah, the video boards were were incredible. Um, uh, it, It was interesting because obviously that doubles as the scoreboard. Um, you know, they don't have a center-hung overhead scoreboard, which I kind of like. I like that it's open, you know. I mean, you get this sort of open vibe um, without the scoreboard in the middle. That said, there were times, uh, obviously I have a live stat feed on my computer, so I'm following the game that way as well. But there were times where, um, you know, a play might happen and, and the video board, would uh, would show some sort of you know hype video you know make make some noise or whatever and and it would uh, sort of leave the score for a second and, and I, that sort of bug, bugged me but Ooh. there are like other areas that you have to just sort of learn where to look uh, yeah. like the ribbon board that sort of circles the the arena uh, has a scoreboard on it as well so um, I, I personally like to have a scoreboard to look at you know whenever I want to see the score.
1: Well, after covering a lot of NBA games, I like actually having a stats monitor at my little workstation there is mm-hmm. the truth of the matter, but I uh, Now we're back there. Uh, you were to my left. So, is your view are you're not seeing are you seeing can you see in front of that goal or were you were you having to see through the back of that hoop from over there on no, the I, left side I could see, where you were? I could
11: see. I, I uh, you know, not to uh, make myself sound important or anything, but uh, I did, I was able to sort of pick my seat on when we had our media tour. So that was nice. You know, I said, yeah, this is where I want to be. So uh, they made that happen for us. So that was cool. Uh, yeah, I, I like, I like where we are. It's an upgrade uh, from the, from the media perspective, from the Farrell Center uh, where we had kind of been pushed a little bit to the rafters which is not an uncommon trend in in modern college basketball or even in in the NBA i mean um mm-hmm. they've, they've given those uh courtside seats to the to the big money uh people that will you know pay for them and uh yeah. media you know, <laughs> media gets uh, kicked up you know a little higher uh, because of that but uh no i i really like our seats and um uh, I thought we were going to be well. We are we are next to the to the Baylor bench. Originally uh, during warm-ups, I, I think Cornell a few Cornell players were sitting there. But, but that is the Baylor bench.
1: That's that's closest, yeah, uh, so. yeah. And we're closest to like where Bill Gates sits.
11: Yes, exactly, exactly. Which he I don't know if you noticed, but uh, all throughout the game. Uh, yeah. Once once I finally spotted him, uh, it was Stephen Hawkins that actually spotted him first. He was sitting next to me, but uh, once once I spotted him and I would look down there, it always looked like he was looking up at us. But he was look obviously looking up at the video board that was behind us. Uh, but but it was like, does he know we're talking about him? I mean, what's yeah. What's the deal? <laughs> you know?
1: I thought it was so, because I had zeroed in on him and just tweeted about him. And he was mm-hmm. kinda like you know, what's Mosley doing up there what's but you Mosley know, doing
11: there. You know, don't he, don't yeah. let the cat out of the bag that I'm here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um I I really uh I, I'm gonna I should have come to that tour. I knew that was a bad move because I'm kinda back there behind the basket all and it, it was which is okay except for I like that dog, that scrappy do or whatever that Scooby and Christian The man and that little baby, whatever that thing was, little Pomeranian or some kind of dog, I kind of like that act. And and some of my – I had a little bit of an obstructed view on Scooby and Christian uh, (laughs) as that guy was doing – I never it's a weird act because he does a lot of um, balancing on basketballs and the dog just kind of hangs out and then the dog gets a part of it and kind of walks all over him. I mean, my dog does similar stuff, but, like, not while I'm hoisting myself up into the air.
11: Maybe we can – what's your dog's name? Maybe we can have a Mosley and uh, – Scout. And your dog. Scout, okay, yeah, that would be – that could be a show. Uh, Scout you know, so.
1: Scout, and Mosley and the dog – the dog does jump up on me a lot. It's a long-haired dachshund. Also a stone-cold killer. If a possum gets in the backyard or something, like, literally, it's like a – and and it's a, it's kind of a it's a nice kill, you know. I mean, I don't think you want animals that play with, you know, like make a make a death linger. Like the possums are gone literally within three seconds; the the life is over. It's a yeah. very it's a it's a very tough dog, the dachshund <laughs> that I have. Did you go? Did you happen to go try any of the concessions out, or did you I just? Did
11: not, you? I I did not. Okay. I partook of the uh, of the free media fair. Yeah. The Chick Fil A,
1: yeah. but uh, I, that I, that was fine. I, I, I just I want noticed, you... yeah.
11: I, I noticed a lot of people in line for it. You know, I mean, uh,
1: well, I, I, I I just wanted to tell you the the one area that was weird to me was they you get you pay for your drink. They they then say here they put a little barcode, they put a sticker on your drink, and they say after you get the ice. Use this barcode over there before you fill up whatever drink. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I just want (laughs) i want to diet Dr. Pepper and just move on about my business. So there I go, and we're all over there trying to figure this out. So I get my ice, and then I have to go to a little like at Starbucks where you, you, I don't know if you have the Starbucks app, you have to kind of put your app, you kind of have to hold your app to a certain place or like Mm -hmm. with your credit card. You know, you have to tap it, right? This is the tap. It's a tap. So you have to tap your little card that they put on there, uh, the concessions, folks. And then, and of course, you know, like I do, once your fizz goes down, you try to get a little more, right? Like anybody would do, like any normal human would do. But this thing stops, like, you got to get one hit. you got to get your drink in one hit. Oh. Or if you try to go back and, and fills, fill it to the brim, you get cut off. Um,
11: so it, is it not unlimited refills is what we're saying?
1: It's not. Okay. It's not. And, it, and I even tried to go back and see if I could scan it back in and get the thing to work. And the answer is no. So I found that to be like I never totally understand on stuff like that what the upside is. Like, no, who I'm is that you. helping? I I never yeah. understand. Like, is that just helping the get more people through the line quicker? I I don't know. But that one was that's, odd to me.
11: That's that's kind of annoying. I would agree with that. Uh,
1: yeah. so but the I'm with but, you. but but. Yeah, I the the actual look of the place, um, yeah, I, I said, I, I just found myself last night ex, ex, saying I that it was a barn, and I meant it in the nicest sort of way, like I, 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 and a better word for it is the field house, it just had a, that kind of feel is what you want, and it, they did capture that, and yeah. whether it be Hinkle or whatever we're comparing it to, what you don't want is to show up in it to feel like the feral Center or something. Like, that would have been really bad.
11: Right. It's a, and not it's that we
1: don't love the feral Center. It's just that yeah. if you're going to spend a bunch of money, uh, y- you know, and, and do something and make it smaller and all of that, you want your own different cool look. And they Absolutely. did accomplish that. And I think that yeah. is great. And the, and the Fosters, how about that, Paul and Alejandra? I was joking earlier. You just kind of feel like if somebody gives a hundred million, they've been making hundreds of millions for years, and that they're going to be like old people. You know, I mean, I, I I don't mean that rudely. I just meant you know they're going to be, um, you know, advanced. Let's just call them mature. And Paul and Alejandra to me look like pretty young folks. I thought, my gosh, Paul and Alejandra. Gave a hundred million dollars, and I mean they're not much older than us, Bryce. They're about, I think they're maybe you know a couple of years older than us. I thought that is, that is impressive stuff. So, kudos yeah. to the Foster family, and then uh, Paula Hurd, uh, and of course her late husband Mark. Their name is on the court, and uh, so you know I thought I thought the court looked good, everything looked good, and you're right, the lighting is kind of cool because what you want is the kind of theater type thing where we're kind of all up in the dark in a sense and then the light the the court just has tremendous lighting and they did they did get that like i i see no issue with the lighting now they're going to have to fix apparently the tv people that watch it on tv were really complaining because i i just think the wherever the camera is must be like extremely high And so the the, that that was uh, I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. You don't check Twitter as much as I do. That was a big complaint. I
11: I did see that, and uh, you know, who knows if that's fixable? I mean, that may be just where it is.
1: Uh,
11: Obviously, if you've watched games from from Gallagher Iba over the years, you get a kind of a similar sort of nosebleed type camera camera angle. So, um, you know, that might that's what it was. Yeah, it might be just one of the the downsides uh, of the of the move, but yeah, I'm with you. I think they they put a lot of really neat features in, like um, you know, just the homage to to past uh, championship teams with uh,
1: mm. the
11: courts, uh, like the Indianapolis court, uh, and
1: I guess oh the, yeah, uh,
11: the Indianapolis courts because the women won their first title in Indy, and the men won in Indy, so uh, that was pretty cool, and then uh, I love the, uh, the sort of outline of the tr- the four trophies that are right in front of the scorers table. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, that's a bit of a flex, you know, I think as the kids would say, I mean, that's like, hey, uh, you know, you want to check into the game, you're gonna have to stand on our four uh, little championship trophies here. You know I mean? (laughs) We've got four. How many do you got? You know? (laughs) I like that. Yeah. yeah,
1: I I do like that. I just hope I didn't really study the banners. I do hope they got that WNIT banner moved over in there. Okay. I I think that was a Sonya Hogue (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. banner. Let's make, let's make sure we brought that over. Um, (laughs) Bryce, good stuff. Appreciate it. Great to see you there. And um, again, I hated even I, now that I've brought the the concession stand. I mean, you know, the ultimate because of course we get free stuff, but uh, I needed a soda. I don't think we had access to soda.
6: Correct. Right. That's
1: uh, yeah. But for the most part, I think even though you and I are both kind of cynical, we're not above complaining. I think I think we had largely positive reviews. And I do think you and I probably should team up on like a architectural type story. And I think we could yeah. really yeah, we yeah. could really have some good stuff. All right. But uh yeah. hey, appreciate it. I'll holler at you right. soon. Thanks, Matt. You bet. Bryce Cherry, sports editor of the Waco Trib. And that this was a big night for the Waco Trib. They had Rod and the whole gang over there taking pictures, doing all that. And um It was a good night. It was a good night for all as we opened up Foster Pavilion. And, again, thank you so much to Jason Cook and his staff, President Livingstone, the whole group for uh, uh, letting us be over there at uh, Clifton Robinson Tower, which is part of the pavilion, um, kind of the plaza, the uh, Foster Pavilion Plaza. They had laser shows. They have awesome graphics on the side of the building. Um, So they do a nice job over there. And that's where we got to do all our shows from, thanks to uh, Jason Cook, the Chief Marketing Officer for Baylor University. All right, um, quick update on a couple of NFL things, and then we've got Campus Confidential coming up at 440, of course brought to you by Jim Turner Chevrolet. It's all coming up next.
3: Go Cowboys! This is is Dallas Cowboys
0: football 2023. Second and five at the Detroit a Only heard here. here. Snap to Prescott, standing and looking and throwing right. All season. Brandon
4: Cooks, touchdown Cowboys. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field. On this Dallas Cowboys radio
2: network station. Cowboys and Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2, here on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Hey, it's Matt Mosley. You've been sidelined by joint pain. It's time to meet the Coriel Health MVPs of orthopedics located right here in Central Texas. Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle, Coriel Health Sports Certified Orthopedic Physician Team specialized in sports medicine and total hip and knee replacement. Don't let joint pain keep you on the bench. Get back in the game. Make the play call to Coriel Health Orthopedics today. 254-483-KNEE. That's 254-483-KNEE.
8: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen
7: Samuels studios. Drive into the new year with confidence and excitement during the Start Something New Sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get incredible deals on our entire selection of new Ram trucks, Jeeps, SUVs, Chrysler sedans, or a sporty Dodge. Get more for less guaranteed. More value, more selection, more service, more trade in allowance, and even more competitive financing. Hurry in and start 2024 with a bang. Shop the greatest selection of inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco. In-store or online at AlanSamuelsDCJ.com, and make it unforgettable.
6: Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at BarnettContracting.com. An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100-plus years of combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue.
12: Call James at 254-422-5375. That's
8: 254-422-5375. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Oh, man. It is the, uh, the Mosley Show and uh, Aaron Sexton alongside uh, Nikki Collin joins us at about 5:20 this evening, as uh, and she'll kind of get you ready for the game tonight. Um, Bears versus TCU, and um, Aaron, I was gonna. In fact, we'll we'll mention a little bit more of that in Campus Confidential, but uh, just kind of exciting to think of both those teams over there getting a little shoot around this morning. TCU probably choosing to drive up today maybe try to shoot uh get in the gym and shoot a little bit i would think it about oh i don't know new two two o'clock something like that uh college kids are still on break they could have come up this morning and gotten something in at about 10 and then um uh, and then just kind of hung out for a little while i don't know where you'd hang out maybe over at the it's not like they, if they drive up today, they got to hang out somewhere all day. Uh, I don't know. What do you do? Hang out and shoot? You can't really get a hotel during the day, so I don't know. And I mean, I'm not def- desperately too worried about whatever TCU's doing today. I do like that team, though, Aaron. I don't like them enough to root for them, but I'm just saying they got some great players. Um, and that Sedona Prince is six seven. I think she's from Liberty Hill, Texas. They've had people from. Oregon transfer, Stanford, um, Arizona, Jaden, I think, started at UCLA, then went to Baylor. I mean, I I, I did find that kind of interesting, Aaron, like when I was counting, and we'll talk a little bit about that with Nikki. that uh, Nikki made a comment the other day about, like, how Sarah is one of our only players from the state of Texas. Isn't that weird? Like, we just think of, I mean, you know, football, you – You don't want to recruit players outside the state that much. You know, you do occasionally, but it's mostly Texas players. Basketball, they just kind of come from all over. Um, On the men's side, Aaron, let's think about that. Think about Baylor has an international flair with its big men. Let's see who's from Texas. Loner is originally from Texas. Jacoby Walter is from McKinney. So those are your Texas kids. Um, Ray J is from Chicago. Jaden's from Flint, Michigan. Um, I'm trying to think of other Texas. I mean, it, it isn't. I mean, you get all these transfers in. Um, Miro is from Finland. So you got like basically four international players. Um, who else, Aaron, might be from Texas? Austin Sacks. I don't, I don't know where he's from. He's well, he played at Santa Clara. Langston is from Texas. So, you, we've named – so, on the women's team, literally probably have, like, two players from Texas. And and the men's team, did we name three, Aaron? Loner, Love, Walter – who am I missing um, that, that comes in and plays a lot? Did I miss anybody from the starting lineup? No. Um, everybody – Missy starts, Ray J, Jaden, Walter – and who else? Who am I missing? Oh, uh, Bridges is from West Virginia. So that's, it is fascinating. Some teams just – in football, it's just like you would never think about going outside the state. You do it very rarely, at least for like portal folks, like Daquan Finn. Basketball, you, <laughs> Baylor has three Texas kids on the roster. The women have like maybe two. And everybody else comes from other places. But Aaron, I started. I started looking at it in the TCU women's roster. Seven of them. Now they went all over the country, but seven of their twelve players um, appear to be from Texas, and and all of their key players are homegrown. Uh, but they went and played elsewhere and have now come back. I think that would be an interesting study, Aaron, as we kind of are so fascinated with the portal, like. All those kids that transfer back to SMU that were, like, five and four stars and go to Bama, Georgia, wherever, or Ole Miss, and they come back to SMU, if you look, like, 80% of those kids are Dallas kids or Texas kids. And and all, I, get, I totally get it, why you would grow up in Dallas area and think, man, I want to go play for Bama, I want to go play there. But, man, all of these players – that transfer, tons of them end up coming back home. Um, I mean, even I mean, it's just it's fascinating. And, Aaron, you're seeing more and more, especially with this latest court case, these people are transferring like crazy. Um, I The guy that transferred from Baylor that I kind of liked, Aaron, that we never really got to see become a full-time starter on the O-line, you remember that guy that I really liked named M- Macuza or Mazuka? You know what I'm talking about? Big old big enormous guard for the Bears. He did start some uh for Dave Aranda. Well he transfers and goes to Florida. And I think he started for the Florida Gators. And then two days or three days ago, Aaron I see back in the portal. So Baylor, Florida, and now back in the portal. I mean, at some point you're just kind of like, eh. I mean, are you just are you gonna be happy and settle down anywhere? That said, I mean, Ray J. I think I think it was Ray J. started at uh, Boise State, went to Toledo. Now seems extremely happy at Baylor. So you do you can kind of bounce from bounce from place to place and end up, you know, in a in a good spot. I, uh, Aaron, do you off the top of your head? Do you feel like the portal has benefited football or basketball more? I mean, here's what I think in my mind. I think, I think it's helped the sport of basketball more because it nil in the portal has kept players that used to turn for sure go to the uh, NBA. Like they've, I guess it hurts those smaller teams because, like, if North Texas or somebody like that, uh, you know, or anybody like Toledo has a great player, they're almost certainly transferring. But to me, I mean, boy, NCAA basketball has really benefited from all of this. NIL, Portal. I mean, I somebody last night was almost laughing at me, Aaron, when I said something like, we're just watching Macy dominate that game. He's getting every rebound. He's getting every block. He's getting every putback. And somebody, you know, was like, well, there's no way. There's no way he stays. And I said, "I maybe, maybe there is. Like, I, I I, just think there's a chance you can keep those NBA big men. Which, do you think, don't you think, Aaron, the sport of college basketball is honestly better than it was five years ago now because of all this stuff?
2: Yeah, I think so. It, it's definitely hurt the smaller programs and, you know, some of the, non-division one schools because if you're like if you're the Mac player of the year <laughs> and you're a sophomore or junior you're not returning for your you know for the next year you're going to go to more than likely a power five school or you know somewhere right outside that's a powerhouse anyway like Gonzaga
1: yeah um it you're right. You're right. And honestly, who was where did Yahya Felder come from? Aaron was that Toledo as well. I mean, Baylor Ohio men's in oh, Ohio. But, that's right, the Bobcats. You're but but yeah, I mean, and that's the Mac, isn't it, Ohio? Mm-hmm. I mean, Baylor. Two great ball players have transferred in from uh, Ohio and Toledo. So kind of uh, amazing to see these things happen. One quick thing before we get to Campus Confidential. Um, There's a story that was developing before we came on the air today that um, firefighters responded to a large fire at uh, Miami Dolphins star receiver Tyreek Hill's home. Um, The cause of the fire is unclear, according to the uh, Florida the uh, Davy Fire Rescue Department. Um, nobody. It, it, so it looks like uh, it looks like everybody's safe, which is great. It's a 9,300 square foot Berkshire Courthouse located 30 miles northwest of Miami. Nobody was harmed. That's the great news. Um, the local station there, WSVN Seven News. Helicopters showed Tyree Kill arriving at the property just before um, 3 p.m. Eastern with his left foot in a walking boot. And then he could be seen embracing his wife, um, whom he married last month, and his mother, Anisha Sanchez. Aaron, I think he's married to... You know that player who used to be at Texas, Vaquero? Um, I think that's his sister. It's Vaquero's sister, Kita Vaquero. Um, it said he was roaming around the outside near the home, sometimes with his hand on his chest or in his, on his face, speaking to authorities. This is according to ESPN.com. And um, said Cruz from... Uh, Southwest Ranches in Broward County assisted with what officially was designated as a two-alarm fire. So, pretty scary stuff today. He had left the team and gone to check on all this. said the crews found heavy smoke and fire on the second floor and within the attic area of the home. Um, So, anyway, this is... uh, 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 the, the, and, oh, by the way, Aaron, that Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. He told the local media that the fire was contained to one room in the house, and that some of Hill's family was inside the home when the fire began. Rosenhaus added that Hill wouldn't comment on the fire and requested privacy. Okay, um, pretty uh, pretty interesting and and scary stuff today. Also on the property, Aaron, two guest houses along with lemon, mango, and banana trees. All right. Um, so, anyway, thoughts to go out to the Hill family. Glad everybody's okay. He, ha- he is having an unbelievable season and um, uh, has a league-leading uh, 1,717 receiving yards and 12 TDs. So we've been monitoring that story throughout the day. Erin, it is time for Campus Confidential.
3: Baylor Bear Basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas.
4: The Bears play their Big 12 opener Saturday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 2 p.m. tip-off Saturday.
3: Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball, right here on ESPN Central Texas.
8: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at CentexSportsFan.com.
5: Whether it's a problem with your debit card or just a simple question, things always seem to come up when your bank is closed. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you have access to a real, live, local person who can resolve issues and answer questions from 6 to 8.30 every morning or from 5 to 10 o'clock every evening. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Of the road. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Ricoh, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kissair, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we're not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
9: Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there. This is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast acting, long lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com.
3: So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls,
7: the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor and they will treat you
8: like family. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: Man, uh, we've had a lot to visit about today, and um, I did want to remind folks, uh, if you want to weigh in, we'll read some of your comments in the 5 o'clock hour uh, right at, uh, oh, I don't know, 5.05. What, what were your thoughts on Foster Pavilion I mean, if there's something you didn't like, say it. But, uh, I mean, I think most of the feedback has been favorable. It seemed like a fun atmosphere. I know a lot of people had taken tours. Uh, I had an opportunity to take tours, but I honestly wanted to step in that thing and have it be my first time. Um, And I really enjoyed it and just kind of loved the way it felt. Last night felt like just a... I don't know. It was a great atmosphere. Um, so I didn't I didn't find too much to complain about. I mean, obviously, we'd already been told that they hadn't finished it and some of the parking and you just some of the things need to be finished. But, I mean, as far as the look of it, the, the way the crowd sounds in there, the way the seating is, um, you know, it's uh, – I don't think it's a pretty – it's a pretty cool look and uh kind of like an old field house type environment i mean i i think uh and i and, and you know my congrats go out to the foster family to mac roads to the city of waco we'll have the mayor on at some point dylan meek uh who's a baylor grad to talk about this i mean i i uh i find it to be uh, you know just a kind of a special time for everybody Uh, But it is time for Campus Confidential, and the sponsor of this segment is none other than Jim Turner. And uh, I saw Jim and his wife, Julie, sitting courtside last night. And then, Aaron, as I went over to check get something to drink, uh, I looked over to my left, and it was the Jim and Julie Turner uh, family concourse. So there they were. But they are the fine sponsors, Jim Turner Chevrolet, is the sponsor of Campus Confidential. Aaron, what do you have for us?
2: We'll start with women's college basketball. All 14 Big 12 teams in action tonight in conference play. The biggest matchup, of course, number six, Baylor. The Baylor women with their Foster Pavilion debut after it opened last night for the men. And they'll take on number 23, TCU. That's a 6:30 for the pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas with tip just after 7 o'clock. Also on the Big 12, women's basketball sleep tonight at 5 o'clock. USC hosts Oklahoma State. 6 o'clock, Texas Tech at home against number 10, Texas. Also at 6, number 24, West Virginia, will host Cincinnati. Kansas State takes on Houston. Iowa State will host Kansas. And BYU is at home against Oklahoma.
1: Aaron, all that that you just said was the women's slate. Yes. Okay.
2: One game on the men's slate, and it's terrible.
1: It's <laughs> huh. um, It's not a conference game? No. Okay. Nope. Uh, the uh,
2: right. uh, the only <laughs> game on the men's schedule
1: the yeah. is Kansas State. Okay. No, I think now, Oklahoma
2: State against Chicago State. <laughs> so, not exactly a scintillating oh, matchup, but Chicago yeah. State may win that game. Oklahoma State very big yeah all games good. including that one on Big 12 plus tonight
1: okay all right well I might look around on Big 12 plus and check out uh, some of that other action but uh, I, I suggest getting over to the pavilion the Foster Pavilion and seeing the women as uh, they bless the Foster Pavilion um, and uh, they had a ribbon cutting and did some cool things yesterday uh, celebrated. The uh, uh, Paul and Alejandra Foster, Bill Gates was there with uh, Paula Hurd, who uh, I believe he is dating, and uh, that was kind of cool. It's the Mark and Paula Hurd uh, court. Uh, their names are on the court, and, of course, they've given some enormous gifts to Baylor, including both the, you know, the tennis program, which Mark was part of, and then uh, over at the Hurd. Uh, uh, the welcome center that's a cool that's where i parked last night aaron and that's a that's a great new uh and it's a different looking building but i think kind of cool looking and kind of the front door to baylor now and of course yesterday i enjoyed being over at uh uh, at clifton robinson tower doing the show and that right now is part of the uh uh, pavilion plaza the foster pavilion plaza as we kind of get used to all these New buildings. There'll be more parking over there. And then someday, Aaron, they'll actually open up, uh, oh, I don't know. I walked across over there yesterday, and some of those streets right around Foster Pavilion. I don't know, is that University over there? Some of those things are still closed, the streets. And they'll get all that taken care of. And then, of course, uh, some of the development can take place, and you'll have more and more restaurants. I have to say – twisted route is, is within walking distance, uh, safe walking distance from the uh, uh, Foster Pavilion. That's a great place to get a little bite to eat. And then that Brazos Landing, if you want something a little more upscale um, is, a, is a nice place to eat as well. And I think in the future they're going to have I don't know if they're going to have you can take a little boat across or something but they're going to have a way that you can kind of eat there and get across. And even this year they had some really cool I remember John Morris talking about some of those Brazos landing um, deals where, you know, you could somehow park there and eat there or whatever your parking took. It was like a food voucher. They had some pretty neat deals like that. All right, Aaron, continue, sir.
2: Alabama had nine players enter the transfer portal today, including starting center Seth McLaughlin, former five-star receiver Shaz Preston, and freshman quarterback Eli Holstein McLaughlin. Played center in the CFP semifinal, lost against Michigan, and started every game for Alabama this year. Preston, the wide receiver, was the number 16 overall prospect in the country in the 2022 class, and the quarterback Holstein was the number 23 overall prospect in last year's 2023 recruiting class.
1: All right, so everybody's just kind of moving along there (laughs) Um, from Bama. Uh, I, I, golly, I, Saban kind of let one get away. I mean, I, I don't, it's always easy to second guess a play when it doesn't work, but, and Milroe had run the ball a lot. I mean, that had been one of the things, one of the few things working against Michigan was him running the ball. Um, but in that moment, Aaron, he didn't, you know, it's it, it, it's it's one thing if you, Almost get to the goal line, man. That thing was DOA. Um, I mean, you're you're needing a lot of things to happen. You got to gap it up, you know. You got you got you got to make a lot of blocks, and you got an o line that hadn't played particularly well in that game. And and Tommy Reese, the uh, the uh, office coordinator, you're asking your team to say, let's block this thing up perfectly. And let's let Milrow run in for the touchdown. Now, Aaron, if you're the University of Houston and you've decided to go for the win against the Bears on a two-point play, uh, the beleaguered Baylor defense, you got a pretty good shot at it. And they that did work. But if you're up against Michigan, uh, some of the bigger cheaters in America, and, but, and you're going to load up and you're going to run quarterback power, yeah, you better – you better block that thing up. And what I'll always remember, Aaron, I think there was a number 89 for Alabama. I mean, number eight, I think it was a linebacker, off-the-ball linebacker, off-the-line linebacker. He he came running up and just destroyed poor eighty nine point of attack, and they were just waiting on Milrow. Um, and, and some people thought the low snap threw that off. Aaron – Who had the low snap? Well, the guy who transferred.
2: Yeah, he's had some, according to the article on ESPN, he's had some snapping issues all year.
1: I thought number 70, I thought the right tackle had a really rough game for Alabama, and the center had messed up a lot of snaps. So the center will move on with his career and, uh, and, uh, and head elsewhere.
2: Two days after his team finished the season with a win over Wisconsin in the Reliant Quest Bowl, LSU head coach Brian Kelly has cleaned house on his defensive staff. Defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Matt House, safeties coach Kerry Cooks, cornerbacks coach Robert Steeples, and defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsey have well, all will not be retained, according to a statement from the program. The Tigers finished with their straight, second straight 10-win season since Kelly arrived from Notre Dame, riding. Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback Jaden Daniels, but the defense was pretty bad all year, ending up 105th nationally in total defense, averaging, allowing over 416 yards per game, and in a tie with Akron for the 78th best scoring defense in FBS at 28 points a game.
1: Is that kind of uncool to wait and do it now after the bowl game? Because, first of all, don't you know that crew – probably was you know had a huge role in the early signing and the recruiting and i'm sure they sign really good defensive players and dbs and cornerbacks and safeties they always do and then you go and you wait until january 2nd or 3rd and you blow all these people out i mean first of all those coaches probably going to be hard pressed to go find jobs now Everybody else has kind of put their staff together and moved on. Um, and then what, the recruits have already signed. You've already had your early recruiting. I don't even when's the next recruiting thing, Aaron. When's the last day you can – There's another it one to be in February. February, yeah. There's one okay. more signing day. But still, almost all those folks oh, yeah, have already signed. signed. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So – I don't. That doesn't seem totally right. But uh, and, and people kind of still think Aaron he would. If Harbaugh leaves, that Kelly would make a beeline for Michigan. That that would be a better fit for him, perhaps than LSU. Golly, wouldn't that be something? Do you think Harbaugh's is going to stay at Michigan?
2: No chance. Especially if he wins gone. the national championship. he Andy hired the, the, an agent that is especially adept at doing contracts for professional football coaches. Like, that's his specialty. I think the writing's kind of on the wall that, that he's gone. I, I think even if they lose, but especially if they were to win the national championship.
1: You know who that agent is, Aaron? Don Yee is his name. Mm-hmm. Y-E-E. You know who he used to be the agent for? And this is not me. I, I was gonna wrong. say Matmos. No, no, no. Ed Werder.
2: Oh, nice. Don Yi. But he took you to the cleaners trying to negotiate for the doomsday podcast, didn't he?
1: Don Ye <laughs> is uh is the reason I'm destitute now, because Ed's taking all my money. <laughs> um <laughs> it is the uh the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. It is campus confidential. Nikki Collin coming up at 520. Aaron, did you have one more you wanted to do?
2: Yeah. Um, North Carolina head coach Mack Brown also not happy with his defense. He fired defensive coordinator Gene Chisick today. Chisick was on his second stint as UNC defensive coordinator. But after opening the season 6-0, and North Carolina lost Five of its last seven games and the five losses, North Carolina gave up at least 30 points in every game.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Chiswick just, he just can't, you know. Chiswick used to be with Mac at Texas, ends up the head coach at Auburn, wins a national title with Cam. Um, I think that was Chiswick at Auburn, and uh, and then gets fired there a year or two later, and uh, and now has been fired at UNC. Aaron, that and Chiswick it was Gene just, Chiswick. Gene Chisick, yeah. he won the national championship. Yeah, uh-huh. was, uh... got fired a couple of years later, <laughs> and I can't remember if Chiswick got another chance. I Feel like at some point he might have been a coach at Iowa State back in the day. Anyway. Gene Chizik has been relieved of his duties at UNC.
2: Yeah, he, he was at Iowa State one year as head coach before taking the Auburn job and, and coaching Cam Newton and uh, Auburn to a national championship.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that was really something. All right, it is uh, Campus Confidential on the Matt Mosley Show, and uh, Nikki Collin will be joining us in the next hour as we get you ready for Baylor TCU live from the Foster Pavilion tonight. Man, that's going to be so much fun. You'll hear the call right here on ESPN Central Texas. And, of course, that is uh, Lori Fogelman and Derek Smith, and uh, man, just a uh, good group, and we'll be excited about that right here on ESPN Central Texas pregame, I believe, at six thirty, tip at seven, and um, that'll be a fun way to spend your evening as uh, as the uh, as the uh, the twenty third ranked <coughs> TCU Hornfrogs. Frogs come into Waco trying to play the role of spoiler Aaron this is it's weird to have this huge debut arena game feel like a trap game but it kind of does because it's kind of you've got a lot of bells and whistles and excitement over opening a venue you're coming off a huge win at Texas and TCU who's been bad over the last few years is suddenly pretty good I don't know if it's a trap game as much as it's just a scary game. And uh, anyway, we'll be talking more about that. Nikki Collin will join us at about 520. But uh, we'll begin this uh, next segment. I want to talk more about last night and uh, what that felt like in uh, Baylor's first game at the Foster Pavilion. That is next. The flagship station
8: for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Did you know that a male
9: ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true! At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil.
3: that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the foundation doctor will make a house call.
7: Morrison's Gifts, Waco's oldest family-owned gift store, has moved. Visit their new expanded location a few feet from their old space. Enjoy a new shopping experience with new product arriving weekly. At Morrison's, you'll find great Texas and American products like John Hart leather goods, Consuela bags and purses, locally sourced gourmet items, and great gift items for babies and kids. Can't decide? They specialize in designing custom gift baskets, local delivering and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison's Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli.
12: Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375.
4: Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders, live from FedEx Field on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station.
6: An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100-plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry, Johnson, Sigmund, James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients. Do in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. Life can be full of risks.
12: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley
0: Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank, with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmalch's Sandwich Shop, Wit Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen,
1: here's Matt Mosley. Well, I mean, it's kind of cool, Aaron. Uh, We're getting ready, uh, and we'll, of course, have the pregame here on ESPN Central Texas. Lori and Derek on the call this evening. First game for the Baylor women in Foster Pavilion. Yesterday, we were over there in the Foster Pavilion uh, Plaza. Uh, right uh, hard by the uh, building it's itself, uh, doing the show, and that was fun to, to kind of get everybody ready for it. Um, and uh, Aaron, the uh, guy that you remember was on the air with us sometimes uh, talking about the Rangers, Chris Blake, is the voice of TCU women's basketball now. He's doing the play-by-play, and I just got a text from him, um, and he was uh, excited to be in the arena this was about three forty-five this afternoon, and he and I just got a text there and said, uh, "This place is nice." Okay, so uh, the TCU folks seem very impressed. We hope uh, they don't make themselves too at home this evening. Let's get over there and make it a tough environment for TCU. And uh, we had a chance to uh, catch up with. Uh, Nikki Collin, and uh, we're, we want to let you hear from Coach Collin as, uh, as uh, the, everybody gets over there tonight and gets in position to watch the Baylor women go against the TCU Horn Frogs. It was a great uh, outing last night, debut. This is going to be fun, and let's, uh, let's see how this all goes down. I hope there's still uh, a really nice crowd over there gathering uh tonight uh for baylor tcu get there early if you're listening right now now would be a good time to start um find yourself a, <clears throat> a shuttle um some good parking oh i mean i, I know people are parking at mclean there's shuttles from over there i think uh the Farrell center uh had some shuttles so just find or you know dine at a place downtown park kind of uh waco uh, is pretty good about they're on the streets of waco um, not being uh there's some things that prevent you from being towed if you just do it properly um, and then just kind of walk over i think that's a way to go so hopefully everybody gets in there last night uh, even though with some of the worry about parking and all that everybody made it in there Uh, it was a early arriving crowd and then by the time everything was be, everyone was being introduced uh, everybody was very excited the crowd was loud um, Aaron I thought the uh, I thought the video boards were really cool I thought Bryce earlier today made it a good point you know you don't want a scoreboard where your score ever goes away so you have to you'll have to kind of solve that. Because I didn't really notice that last night. There needs to be a way where that score is always up there. Because the last thing you need is the team, the the fans, the coaches. Not being able to see the score is a bad, that's a bad thing. Um, But I think the the in-house video crew did a nice job. They did their thing. I think there were plenty of complaints because I was getting them. My buddies were texting me. I think if you were watching it from home, the placement of the camera, and, boy, this has been a big complaint with games, and it must be something with these kind of uh, smaller venues where they put the camera. Gallagher-Iba Arena has it like this. I've seen it at SMU. The camera is placed in such a, a way that it feels like way far away from the action and so people were complaining about that obviously love the call of uh, John and King but it was more about the camera angles and where the camera is placed i have to think in time that when everybody else you know comes to town and these games are on ESPN or ESPN2 they'll get the cameras Everything will be fine. The cameras will be where they need to be to, to have everybody enjoy everything. I thought the, um, I thought the interior and then I, I'm anxious to see like what a day game in there feels like. Do, you know, is there a place up there for the sun to kind of shine in the sides? I, I, I wonder um, I, because it does have a field house. Has a really neat feel to it. It, it has a kind of a throwback. Uh, used to call them old barns. Used to call them old uh, field houses. Whatever you want, but the Foster Pavilion does have a nostalgic type feel to it, where it it it's you know it looked like it could be something in the state of Indiana or something like that. And I made that point. I tried to make the point. I was talking to Scott last night. And I brought up, like, Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is a very famous place there in uh, Indianapolis that Scott would be very familiar with since he went to Butler. But, you know, he was quick to say, no, you know, it was, you know, this is ours. This is ours. I don't think he really wanted it to be compared to anything else. It was just kind of like, this is our place. The players themselves loved some of the different parts of it, like they – um, Ray J said, "When I asked him about it, Ray J Dennis, that he was looking at the video boards constantly. Um, I mean, I, I everything about all that was was neat. I like the uh, the player stats. You always want to kind of see. You you need to know how many fouls, rebounds, offensive rebounds, assists. You need to know all these things. And for the most part, all of those things you would want to know." are right up there on those big video scoreboards. Now, there are some things we used to call them, like at Maverick Games, and they might have even done this at Baylor Games. I'm trying to remember at the Ferrell Center. They would have like a board, like the hustle board, and so-called hustle stats kind of things. And uh, But, I mean, everything I think you could want to see for stats were up there, um, and um, and I thought I thought it looked good. I thought the video boards are placed in a really good way. Um, I I just think Mac Rhodes has to feel great about it. I really do. And again, there'll be some things that people complain about or ask about. I mean, I was talking about the soda situation. I thought that was again probably all this stuff for millennials and students is second nature and they don't care. But like I just to get a drink, I I. I bought a drink. I bought a soda, Erin, and then I, whoever was selling the soda to me, had to explain to me. They said, "Here, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna," they put a stamp onto my cup, which was like a, uh, you know, like my code. All right. So then I had to go over. I put ice in my cup at like a vending a little station, and then in order for me to put my Diet Dr Pepper in. I had to hold that little um, stamp up in front of a, a deal to, to, for it to, and then once it kind of clicked, then I was able to go pour the soda in my drink. And, of course, for a minute it let me, you know, let the fizz go down, but then, you know, of course I will always want to get it to the brim, and then it stopped letting me do it. I uh, listen. I'm not, and again, I'm probably bad for that kind of thing because you know anything tech. Even though I've been in radio for years and in the media, I am not some kind of tech savvy person. I I usually just kind of get by. But Aaron, even for, and you are a tech savvy type person. I even think it would give you pause, like to get a stamp and then go have to kind of I mean it was a strength and I thought to myself I'm having trouble with this what are like the 60 and 70 year olds doing and there's a ton of Baylor fans that are you know older fans like trying to figure that out so I I did think I don't love that but I'll get we'll all get used to it it'll probably be fine and again for the youngsters they probably don't even care and they probably think it's they probably think it's fun or something I thought it I think it's ridiculous not to just pay for your drink and get a drink like we've been doing for generations, but that's fine. All right. The aesthetic and the feel and the noise level, like everything as is, as is it needs to be. I mean, it's louder. The seats go straight up. So the, 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 you feel on top of the court. Um, you know, I, I would, Think for older fans, it's a little worrisome because it is—it feels very steep as you're walking down to your seat. But they have the railings and everything, and it, I think it'll be fine. Um, all in all, a great opening night, and the Bears took down Cornell. All right, let's hear from Nikki Collin as we get ready for the Bears and the Horn Frogs to get it on opening night number two. Uh, over at Foster Pavilion, here comes Nikki Collin.
3: Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women play their Big 12
4: home opener Wednesday in Foster Pavilion, hosting TCU. 6:30 for the countdown to tip off. 7 p.m. tip off Wednesday.
3: Tune into Baylor Women's Basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley show on ESPN central Texas.
1: It is the Matt Mosley show ESPN central with Aaron Sexton and it's time for Nikki Collins appearance on the show and Nikki, congratulations. We'll talk a lot about that 85 79 win over um, top five ranked uh, Texas. Now the bears, uh, uh, move up to number six i think that was the biggest move in the rankings and, and i never really understood why you guys were uh holding there at 10 but man i was, I was glad to see that movement but uh happy new year Nikki, and uh happy almost uh, opening night as we get ready for the men to open folks uh, uh hearing us and arriving starting to arrive at the beautiful uh new foster pavilion um how excited are you about all this
13: it's been great you know it's uh it's been an interesting last month where i asked myself the question they tell me it's going to be ready is it really going to be ready um <laughs> you know and then being in there on sunday um the first day that the men practice and just kind of doing a walkthrough i thought okay this is this is going to be ready it's not done but as far as a, the in-court arena experience i think um hopefully people figure out how to get in, because once they're in, I think they're gonna love it.
1: Yeah, and man, it, it's um and I I just kinda wanted to see both your and then we'll talk about maybe what your players felt like, but going through that first practice I, I, I yesterday, I would think the hardest thing is to kind of keep everybody focused because like anything. And it's like it's kinda like Christmas morning. It's like, okay, y'all come in here, enjoy all this, but we actually need to get some work done. What was that experience like though? Just um as you said, you've seen you've been in there and I'm sure your players have kind of been on a tour or two and that kind of thing, but to get to kind of walk out there, get shots up, um, go through a practice, I mean, what what were your what are kind of your initial impressions of of what it looks like and and what do you imagine it being like for the fans?
13: I just, um, I'm just, you know, I think it was, uh, first of all, I think the hardest part about being in there yesterday was the focus of the new arena and being excited about that coming off a day off, coming off a Texas win and New Mm -hmm. Year's Eve and then New Year's Day. So I think there was a lot that kind of led into our afternoon practice yesterday Um, that potentially you know made it made it hard for everyone to focus Um, but I think in general um, you know I I just I personally doesn't really matter but I I love the size of it I love that it has um, the ability to to truly be state-of-the-art in terms of how it functions and but at the same time you know I think it's gonna create a really loud environment and, you know, fans are going to feel close to the floor and there really isn't a bad seat in the house. And I just um, I think it's going to be really exciting for our students and our, our fans um, and, and for our teams. You know, I think the idea of playing in a building, it's just hard to compete in. Um, I'm not sure that Farrell was ever that. Not that it wasn't really good to us. Not that um, I'm complaining. I think it's just there are certain venues that you play in that are quite frankly just hard to play in because of the noise the fans etc so um you know hopefully we can be uh, a little like Allen fieldhouse in some ways in terms of of an environment and a place that's tough to win
1: well yeah that's um i like that just mention one of the greatest arenas of all time one of the greatest college arenas of all time um and that's um uh, that's not a bad thought and and I, it's kind of like anything nikki i It'll sort of take time for the players, coaches, and fans to kind of settle in and get a feel for it and all of that. Now, shifting gears to uh, talking to Nikki Collin, who uh, her team just took down Texas 85-79 to in Austin, a place that uh, you guys have functioned really well over the, these last couple of seasons. And historically, obviously, Baylor's done well, but I think... You know, it, it, Moody's a different animal. I mean, it's an exciting place, good fans, um, but man, that that uh, to start off conference with everything you know, you've been undefeated. <clears throat> There's so many things you worry about as a coach. You know, I, to me, here's what I was worried about the other day. I've I've actually even going back to my old playing days. You have to go back about 30 years, but like when something bad happens to another team, you know. Sometimes you can get hit with a haymaker from that team, like if they're playing for that player or whatever. And Roy Harmon, as you talked about really well yesterday, um, I might add, her on, on Saturday, I mean, you know, she makes Texas go. But you don't know exactly what you're walking into when a team loses a huge player like that. I, I, I just feel like you had – what was – I, I'm kind of curious. What did you tell your team going into that game? Like, how to approach that? Because you want to be respectful of them losing a great player, but you can't like let it seep into your players' heads, like, "Hey, this is going to be a different experience" or something.
13: No, I, I, you know, I know people didn't believe me when I said it, um, because I, I, I understand the outside looking in saying, "Wow." Taylor Jones isn't playing. Rory Harmon's not playing. Rory Harmon's is, is, is having as good a season as anyone in women's college basketball this year and, and is the head of everything they do on both sides of the ball. Um, But I, but I do think she's also the kind of personality, not just the kind of player, but the kind of person, the kind of leader, the kind of teammate um, that they were going to rally around. And everyone else was going to step up. It gave Holly a chance to search for her shot rather than be, um, you know, just a recipient type score, you know, and and she made plays that, you know, maybe she hasn't made a lot of in her career um, because she hasn't been asked to do it. And, you know, I just think that sometimes when you have nothing to lose and something to play for, Mm. those are the scariest teams. On top of that, I felt like we knew who Texas was with Rory, you know, what they're going to run you know when they're going to run it, um, you know, and, and certainly coaches have tendencies regardless. I mean, I knew um, when they got a three-point play and went to a timeout that if they made the free throw, they were going to be in a press. And so we we set up the perfect press break, you know, to get a layup at the other end. And so coaches can still be predictable. We're all creatures of habit. Um, you know, the, the last play they ran to get a three um, out of a timeout was a play they ran against Marquette last year. Um, in in Atlantis that I had watched because I went back and watched every game Texas played without Rory last year. Like, who are they without Rory? What do they run? Mm -hmm. What does Vic go to? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I just think they're really talented and they're not just the fifth-ranked team in the country or at the time, weren't the fifth-ranked team just because of Rory, but I certainly think she's an important piece to who they are and what they are. And I don't think that in one day you figure out, like, that you have holes, you know, like they're going to have to figure out, all right, what do we do? Um, how do we move pieces around? And, and I heard Vic say it um, in his press camp conference, because I, I always address these kind of things later too. Like sometimes we as coaches put our players in bad positions and we don't mean to, you know, but it's like, okay, I ran a play late that, you know, Amina Muhammad denied and we got a turnover and I, I shouldn't have run that play. I should have run a screening action into a catch because I put Bugs in a bad position to get open, you know, and I think early probably the actions he was running required a wing entry pass and we were just like on fire to begin the game in terms of our ball pressure and our denial. And so, you know, when he settled in the middle ball screen and you don't need you don't need a wing entry pass to get into high ball screen, all of a sudden they functioned at a way different level. So, you know, sometimes we as coaches have to figure out things you know in game or even when when things happen to players like what is this team going to be good at and and it's not going to be the same thing in every game because not everybody defends you the same way
1: you know um in talking to Nikki Collin as we prepare for opening night at the Foster Pavilion and uh and then of course just the opening act Nikki right Baylor women go uh, Wednesday night versus the uh, horn Frogs, TCU comes in, so two big opening nights. But I, I in watching that game the other day, it was, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned Tim Brando because I used to have Tim on quite a bit, and his, and he has done it forever. Uh, so that was kind of fun to hear him on the call, and that was a Fox game. It's kind of rare. We're so used to all those ESPN games, but. By the way, I don't know if you have gone back and watched the TV copy, but like he his his famous little thing, "How do you do?" he did that for Yahya. Yahya had a big <laughs> I think it was Yahya and he was like, "How do you do?" And I thought, "Oh my gosh." Cuz you know that's like become my favorite player on the team and I'm always like, "Oh man, let's And I know you've got to kind of go through the up the peaks and valleys of getting her up to speed and all that but obviously as you talked about after the game I mean there's she does things honestly that nobody else can do um you know so I but but the thing that stood out to me too was like the responses right you you'll go up 18 to 6 at one point it was like 14 to 2 or something and you're kind of running them out of the gym and, and and but they hung in there and they kept fighting back and they would get to within two they would get to within four or whatever. And, you know, sometimes you can get – that's hard to hold that off when you keep getting those little runs like that, and yet every single time somebody would would do something. Uh, Dre comes to mind a lot. Um, Bella was hitting threes. I mean, what, what did you – when you kind of look back and you were thinking about that game, did that stand out to you, just those constant – responses even when texas would fight its way back in
13: well if you love offense that third quarter to start was insane um <laughs> you know i think at the first media timeout um, both teams were seven for nine from the field um to start the third we couldn't stop them they couldn't stop us you know and i thought we had players that had big moments um a little bit at a time you know i thought yeah. yeah you know, did most of her scoring in the second quarter. Jada was like a one-woman wrecking crew in the third quarter. Like, she just was – it felt like one highlight play after another um, by her. I thought Sarah hit timely threes. Bella hit timely threes. And then I thought at the end of the game, it was Dre. You know, I thought the last two post-up baskets um, that she maneuvered and finished, um, I thought one was like, super textbook and clean. And, and, you know, she got an easy look and one of them was like really good defense and she scooped it over her left shoulder with her right hand. And it was, <laughs> it was vintage, it was vintage tray. Uh, but also a play that, you know, when you're the opposition, you're like, dang, like, you know, sometimes you just tip your cap. Like, yeah, you know, there were times when, when we were in, in uh, Booker's space and she just got the balance, bounce and rose up and scored over us. And, You know, it was just her size. And so there are times as a coach that you feel like um, you did everything you could. I thought offensively when we didn't turn the ball over, I thought we could do whatever we wanted against them. And putting 85 on Texas, shooting 50, almost 8% from the floor and 45% from three, like it it was pretty crazy. You know, I thought offensively, uh, once again, when we took care of it, we, we executed at a really high level. And I thought we had a chance. A few times to like give us give ourselves a little more breathing room and we would we would get a defensive stop and outlet it to them, you know. And and we did some um some things that you know you don't do against everybody because you don't you don't feel the pressure um that you feel against Texas most of the time. But I thought I, I thought coach uh Schaefer like puts the heck out of a game in terms of getting them to battle and compete and fight. And and I thought we made we make good plays and big moment plays, and um, I thought we stayed poised. You know, even when they made big runs in the second quarter, um, I just, I just didn't think we lost our poise.
1: Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, getting you ready for tonight over here from all oh, the uh, Foster Plaza, Foster Pavilion Plaza just right over here next to the arena as uh, all the final adjustments are being made so that uh, when the, uh, the doors open in just minutes, you'll be able to, to go in, find your seat. That uh, Nikki, by the way, did you take a peek up at the media section? Did that, uh, just to kind of see where we would be, what our vantage point, did that... Was that anything that crossed your mind, or did that not? Uh, was that not something you you were particularly interested? No, in? No, I
13: was up there. I was actually up there on Sunday, um, uh-huh. briefly, just as the men were practicing and we were walking the concourse. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, once again, not a bad seat in the house, but that's a pretty good spot right there uh, mm-hmm. to uh, see the game.
1: Yeah, either behind 111 or 114 back there somewhere. So I think it'll be – and you're right. There's just no – everything's going to feel close in the, uh, in the new Foster Pavilion. Um, okay, you said it. The, uh, the turnovers, I know, drew your ire. It's a great win. Both teams combined for what, 45 turnovers. So, obviously, you had a lot of steals, and you put pressure on them they i guess they did the same to you it seemed you know pretty uncharacteristic for your team was that just the uh, environment the just the usual texas ball pressure how much of that was just kind of like uh what what did what, have you, what did y'all kind of work on to to hopefully uh, address that
13: well i mean it, the the interesting thing is um this time of year there are certain things you address and certain things you don't. Like, you, mm. you look at a game like that and you say, okay, what did we do poorly that is going to impact our next game if we do it again, you know, versus how much of what happened to us was um, directly related to who Texas is, you know, and it's not TCU. Um, I anticipate TCU to play a lot of 2-3 zone. I promise you, Texas did not play one possession of two-three zone. <laughs> they played two possessions of three-two zone, which is two more than they they played. Um, you know, in the games ahead of ours. But um, you know, like it's you try to translate like what what you need to, and then and then you look back at it because you play them again, and it's like okay, these are the things we can't do. The thing about Texas is it's it's not necessarily their ball pressure. I think they're a good ball pressure team. I think you can also get by the first level of their defense pretty consistently. What they're so good at and what I think makes Texas Texas is their rotation, their help side defense. They are always coming. Um, and sometimes they're going to flood the lane with three and four people. And I just thought we didn't do a good enough job at times of understanding the congestion that was going to be there. We had the ball um, stripped, I think, three or four times. Um, We got in there and when help side rotated, we traveled, um, which is ultimately at least we can set our D when it's not a live ball turnover. Um, We got off balance and didn't always make the best pass because of the congestion coming. So some of that is about reading where's the help coming from and do I play off too? Because sometimes it's not just the turnover. Sometimes you take a difficult shot in there in congestion when. There's there's a better there's a better play there's a better pass now the fact that we assisted on as many baskets as we did against Texas is a big deal um, because people do not um, score on them on assisted baskets and they don't they give up threes but they don't teams don't usually shoot it well from three and so I thought when we did the things that we had really focused and worked on we were really really effective um, but when it's the first time as good of the teams as we played you know, we, we kind of dismantled Miami's man-to-man pressure to start the game when we played them. So we saw the majority zone um, or pressed the zone or, you know, and so because of that, we didn't face that constant physical rotation. Um, you know, they had length at every position without without Rory being out there. And so, you know, I think there's a lot to learn from it, but I think when you're when you're coaching – you have to take the lessons that are that'll translate to the next game or really impact you. So um, we got to be better the next time we play them, no question. Um, but ultimately, we um, scored more off of their turnovers than they scored off of ours, and and so we didn't really lose that battle at the end of the day.
1: All right, and and Nikki, last thing I had for you: um, the team you're playing tomorrow um, and opening. Foster Pavilion for the Baylor women is TCU. Um, this is not the TCU team that we've seen for the better part of the last eight or at least five to seven years. <clears throat> this TCU team's on a roll. They, they're now in the top 25 uh, for the first time in, I think, quite a while. They're number 23 in the country. And it's got a, a real Pac-12 look to it because you got a player from Oregon, and Sedona or Prince, excuse me, and you know, Madison Connor comes in. I mean, you've got players that were uh, Arizona Arizona, Oregon. Jaden was with you guys. you um, you got a Stanford player. I mean this this is a incredible team that's sort of been put together on the fly. Um, what are you seeing from TCU and and what do you expect in this game? What do you what do you have to do to slow them down? Because every time I look You know, Prince, who obviously is a big-time post player at 6'7", is scoring like 25 and 15, and a player you know really well in Jaden is like 10 and 10. I mean, 10 points and 10 assists, so they've they've been on quite a roll.
13: They, um, you know, for the the fans, obviously, everyone followed Coach Tang at Kansas State last year, um, you know, who kind of assembled the team at the last second, and Took them to the Final Four. Like I think this is a team um, assembled similarly, a little sooner um, than Coach Tang. But uh, you know, I think uh, they've got really good pieces and they fit really, really well together. Um, I think their their weakness has been, you know, their depth. Um, they really only play six um, when when it when push comes to shove uh, against you know their more quality opponents. Um, but I think the way they they compete. You know they know um, their bread is butter. Getting Madison Connor shot; uh, she's second in the NCAA in three pointers made, um, behind only Caitlin Clark. And you know Sedona Prince is not just six seven; she's six seven, and and it's not like when we played Oregon's front line that was big. Like Sedona Prince is six seven and can shoot the fifteen to seventeen footer. She can play off the bounce. She's got a good feel for the game. Um, You know, Jaden is playing her best basketball of her career um, because she's surrounded by four shooters, you know, Uh, well, three shooters and a big, you know, that's not hard to pass to. And so, you know, she's doing a good job of playing downhill and finding her shooters and and being um, making simple plays and Connor's ability to get her three off quickly um, on the move. Um, They they run really, really good actions. Um, you know, they've, they've played more zone than man lately, so probably going to see a lot of 2-3 zone, um, but they do play man, and, and so it's it's going to be, it's no mystery, like when you look at our pace versus their pace, you know, in terms of how we want to play, um, you know, we, we need to win the battle of, of styles in terms of, of pace, like we have to get Prince running up and down and up and down and up and down and, and wear her out, because you know, if she, she makes you know, I think it's, it's Connor and, and Prince are, are their two go-to scores, but there's Stanford transfer. And, and I'm, I, Emma Agnes, I don't know how to pronounce her name and I should, but she to me is someone who makes open threes and rebounds the heck out of the basketball and makes them really, really difficult to guard um, because it's hard to help off. So Um, they just they're they're a really really good basketball team and even Roberson off the bench gives them some size and length and so I mean it's going to be a really big challenge for us they're obviously when you're when you're undefeated you're confident you know and and I think they they are looking for their first top 25 win and and I think they're going to want to play spoiler hey it's the new Mm. opener of this building and and Baylor jumped up to six and you know, it just makes them more ripe for the for the picking. And so, you know, it's it's my job as a coach to, to get our players to understand, A, how good they are, um, and B, like we can't take anything for granted and we we are where we are because of how we've prepared and uh you know, just continue to to prepare at an elite level in terms of um, playing to our strengths and minimizing our weaknesses and, and understanding who our opponent is.
1: All right, I've got her down as Inopu, by the way. If you want the mostly, the mostly yeah. interpretation, I she's, I have she's been.
13: Fantastic. She's fantastic. she is, um, you know the energy she brings. She doesn't take a bad shot. It's open threes. It's straight line drives and it's offensive rebounds. I mean, yeah. she is she is really good in her role. Um, and doesn't go outside of it, um, very much. So I just I think they're they're a really nice um combination of players. They're a little like yeah. us the first year when we only were seven deep, but you know, we kind of knew like what that rotation mm-hmm. looked like and everybody played a lot of minutes and um so, you know, we we've got to create pace because of how many minutes their starters play mm-hmm. game in and game out.
1: All right. Well, I'm excited for Wednesday and um Y'all are doing a lot of cool stuff. I mean, T-shirts, coins. I, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff attached to this. But the main thing is let's get in the new arena, start establishing that as a home court advantage. I did think that was interesting when you said Sarah. I hadn't thought about that. You said you're talking about Sarah playing so well against Texas and that, like, she was one of your only Texas-born or Texas players uh, players from Texas. And I thought, gosh, that's weird because, like, you've put this portal team together. I mean, you got players from all over. Um, I say portal team. I mean, some of them are homegrown, but yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating college basketball. And then I looked at TCU; they've got seven players from Texas. You just never know. Uh, but this is kind of this is uh, this is just fascinating because we're and when I say they've got seven Texas players, they also have players from Australia and all these other places. So it is. Yeah, um, I think
13: when you look at them, it's, it's Jaden and Sedona who are the Texas players of Roberson. So yeah, of their top. They're Texas kids, and, and Roberson's the only one that chose TCU the first round, and, and you know, Sedona was the third third round, and Jaden the third round, and it's, it's just a unique time in college yeah. basketball and college sports in general, um, but, you know, I think Mark Campbell's done a great job of assembling that team and, and getting them to compete at a really, really high level, and, you know, they just... We haven't faced the team since Utah that that shoots it as well as they shoot it, you know. So it's going to come down to us really understanding, you know, who their shooters are and make their tough make them make tough shots and then rebound the basketball. So um, they're a really really talented offensive team.
6: All
1: right, um, it's uh, it's it's exciting time. By the way, wherever Bugs and Bella are from, just keep going back there. You know Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City. They don't have to be from Texas. <laughs> Just keep whatever. Those are those are tremendous uh, players. And by the way, Baylor was down a. I know we made a huge thing about Rory, but Baylor was down a starter too, basically with Asia. You know, only being able to give you ten minutes. So hey, all that. Uh, we're very excited and uh, congrats on being six in the country. And of course, now the target becomes even bigger. But uh, enjoy it. Uh, we'll celebrate the, uh, the the men tonight, uh, opening the arena. The women tomorrow night. Nikki, uh, really appreciate it, and uh, and and have have fun tomorrow night.
13: Thank you so much.
1: There she goes, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas.